0: We have for you an interesting takeaway from Moscow, and this is from something that S. Jay Shankar, our external affairs minister, who's been traveling there on a short visit, he's been talking. So, among the things he said, he was trying to make the point that India Russia relationship is not what it used to be, not in terms of better or worse, but he was just underlining the changing nature of the relationship and also. The equation. So he did mention in one of the discussions there, and that is that is something that is an utterance or that's a statement that got some headlines, also got social media buzz. It was a factual point that he made. He said that look, this is this is a different relationship. In 1991, when this Russia came into being, that means when Soviet Union finally broke up. These were the cataclysmic events of 1989 and 1990 that finally led to the breakup of the Soviet Union and the creation of several several successor states, of which the main successor state was the Russian Federation, or the or the Russia or, or, or the or the Russia as we see today. For much of that period, this, this happened in 1991 from 99 until now. Vladimir Putin has been in charge. Likely that he'll also be in charge. the next many years that said this russia is putin's russia so he said that russia in 1991 had had a gdp had a gdp of 518 billion dollars 518 518 518 518 billion dollars what was india's gdp in 1991 it's an important year for india as well because remember that's when india started its economic reform That's when Narasimha Rao and Manmohan Singh took over and that's when the big changes in India's economy took place. In 1991, the same time, because India also, economic reform came also as a response to the end of the Cold War and and the dismantling of the Soviet Empire and the Soviet bloc or the Warsaw Pact or whatever you call it. In 1991, therefore, that is a good landmark, good testing point. Russia GDP is 518 billion dollars India is 270 billion dollars 270 270 billion dollars that's almost a half of Russia's in 1991 so in terms of total GDP India was almost a half of Russia in 1991 or you can say Russia was twice as big as India's India's GDP in nineteen ninety one, despite whatever had happened in the Soviet Union, the breakup, and the crisis before that, it was still an economy twice as big as India's. What has happened now? So don't come up to two thousand twenty three because data doesn't come to us so easily, but we or so quickly. But we but we can imagine what it would be like now. But if you just look at two thousand twenty two, and that is the that is the point that Jaishankar also took. So nineteen ninety one. 518 and 270 or if you want to look at it from the Indian point of view, 270 to 518. Whereas in 2022, this equation reversed. 2022, India was 3.42 trillion dollars, the size of the economy and Russia had now become 2.24 trillion dollars. So, that makes India in 2022 already about a little more than one and a half times bigger than Russia. This is the Indian economy which was half the size of Russia 32 years back, 31 years back in this case. Now, if you extrapolate this to 2023, we know what India's growth rate has been. We also know what Russia's growth rate has been. We don't know do the exact figures because it's a moving target, it changes all the time. We can safely say that this gap has further increased. So if India's economy at this point is about 3.65, 3.7 trillion dollars or thereabouts, Russia's would be just about 2.3. So this gap has increased and this gap is increasing. That's a very stri- stri- striking point. I'm quite sure, I'm quite sure that Jay Shankar's point was not to show down Russia. Because he had gone to Russia to assert India's continuing friendship with Russia, everything he said in Russia was that this is an old friendship. We do, we do, we have partnership. With, we have partnership with Russia in technology, in high tech, military equipment, in space, in science, things like that. And those things do not, do, those, those, those things do not happen with ordinary friends. So it's a special friendship. It's an old friendship. So he, his idea was not to showdown Russia. The point he was trying to make was that India has changed greatly in the course of time. And that is an accurate point. Now that said, something else happened. Something else happened in the sense that something else came to our notice. My notice in this case, that is a tweet by Tanvi Madan. Tanvi Madan is one of the most respected Indian strategic scholars, most respected internationally. She's based in Washington. She's a senior fellow. At Brookings Institution. Now, Tanvi Madan tweeted and please see her tweet. Tanvi Madan tweeted and she drew a very good conclusion. She said, see, Russia was actually doing quite well. Russian economy was bigger than India's. It was continuing to be bigger than India's. And then something happened dramatically that Russia's economic momentum broke. India's economic growth picked up as it had picked up from from 1991 onwards. And then This gap was built up and this gap has now now not only remained built, but it's also increasing now. Now, what happened that broke Russia's economy? We will talk about that for a couple of minutes and through that also go into a little bit of discussion about a political term called irredentism, which I will explain to you. And because we will talk about its politics, its history, its consequences, particularly in contemporary times, at least in the decades that we have lived through, that you will also see a fair bit of heavy analysis, some drawing of conclusions and maybe some opinion or something that might sound like opinion to you. I will try and still keep it within analysis. But there will be a drawing of conclusions because we are talking about a political, concept, a political concept, a political theory and how it works out in real life. Because that is what is behind, irredentism is what is behind Russia's decline. India's economy is growing. India would probably have narrowed the gap by now because when you have when you have an economy growing from a low base, you can have a higher growth rate. So, Russia on the other hand, you had some, some years of good growth, some years of bad growth, one year of really negative growth. 2009, I think that was the year of the global financial crisis. But generally was growing, but India was slowly picking up. But the big change came because of that one fact, irredentism. Now, where do I find that fact? If you look at this map, this map on your screens, it's also the map that Tanvi Madan used with her tweet. This map tells you, just see where is it that the two graphs cut each other. So, you can see there is a point in 2010 and 2000, until about 2010, Russia and India are running about parallel. 2009 is the global financial crisis and you can see that Russia has fallen at that point and that is the reason it has come close to India. Otherwise, it was running ahead of India. Then it carries on like that 2011, 2012, 2013. it is. Once again, way ahead of India. You can, see that. You, you, you can see that. You can see that. You can see another mini peak there. Then suddenly, it falls. It falls in 2014. It falls quite steeply and then continues to struggle somewhere there until 2022. There is some, there is some, some growth in 2021, but everybody got some growth in 2021. That was post the decline of 2020, the first year of the pandemic. Every, every economy in the world declined at that point. So, they might have had some growth in 2021 and I will give you give some figures. But generally, 2014 is when the Russian economy lost its momentum. India of course continued on growing. The fact however is that India's growth 2014 onwards has not been, has not been the highest in its post-reform history. In the previous 10 years, its growth, average growth was higher. Then, then, in these nine years since 2014, but even the average of about five and a half percent in these nine years, which includes one year of negative growth, and that is 2020. So, it got all gets averaged out, but but it also has another year of very bad growth, that is 2019. Pre pandemic, that was 3.87 percent. Even with that average, even with that average of 5.5 or thereabouts over these nine years, see how. India's GDP graph has gone up, Russia has continued to struggle. So what is it that happened in 2014 that Russia's economy lost its way? That is, that is called, that is called irredentism. What is irredentism? Irredentism is a political theory or political idea or political ideology which is defined as desired by one state or one country to annex a territory in another state. That can come from many motivations and we'll talk about that. In this case, we know what we are talking about. 2014 is when Russia annexed Crimea because Russia had the view that historically, Crimea is our territory. It has become wrongly, unfairly a part of Ukraine, so they went ahead and they annexed Crimea. That is not an annexation that most countries in the world have accepted. India also has not accepted this. India has abstained it at the UN at many votes, but India has also not accepted it. So, Crimea is what they annexed in 2014 and that is what drew sanctions. And those massive sanctions then began to damage Russia's economy. That damage to Russia's economy and then you can now see that Russia also began at some point, also began preparing for the war that's now been going on. So, this is the price Russia has paid for this nostalgia for reuniting with itself territories that it thought were its own. That is classical irredentism. So, irredentism, desired by one state to annex a territory of another state, it can come from an ethnic impulse. See, Hitler in Europe, Hitler, the whole uh, whole idea of uniting, all German speaking or ethnically German territories, that is how, that is how we annexed Sudetenland and he did much more after that. So, that's the most visible example and the most striking example in the last hundred years or so. All the motivation can be historical, again, as we have seen now with Russia and Crimea, although a little bit of the ethnic element is also there because Russians say the population in that part of what used to be Ukraine is more Russian speaking than. Ukrainian-speaking. That's also their claim on Donbas. And that's why that also is a move in irredentism. Again, it can be religious. For religious motivation, go no further than Pakistan and Kashmir. They think that Kashmir is a part of their country, should become a part of their country. And if it can't become a part of their country peacefully, they will use military means to annex it, as they tried in 1947-48 the first time, 1965. The second time, having failed in both the attempts and seeing themselves militarily weaker than India, they've been trying to take it by using terrorism as an instrument of state policy since, I would say, at some point in the 1980s. I do believe that this started in Punjab in 1981-82, in Indian Punjab, when the Pakistanis were emboldened by their initial successes in Afghanistan, where they were fighting the Soviets in partnership with Americans, Chinese, Saudis, and others. And they thought, look, if this is working against the mighty Soviet forces, something like this could work in India as well.
1: As we have explained to you in earlier episodes, and also I think I wrote about in National Interest, it was the same hankering uh, for Kashmir by hooker by crook. Uh, that that destroyed Pakistan's economy uh, and I have mentioned it in the past to you that in 1985 when I w- first went to Pakistan, Pakistan's average per capita GDP was 65% higher than India's. Today it's 40% or more lower and the gap is increasing. I see that as Pakistan taking resort to terrorism to get Kashmir, to annex Kashmir, Jammu and Kashmir from 1981-82 onwards and this then really peaked by 1989, and in the process, the momentum of Pakistan's economy broke as well, and it went into a tailspin. So once again, evidence, if evidence is needed, that irredentism, this kind of nostalgia is nonsensical and does not do well for any country.
0: From where does the expression irredentism come from? it comes from italian history so it, the original original expression from which irredentism irid, is drawn was italia irredenta which means unredeemed italy so in the mid 19th century actually spe- especially after 1878 a movement grew in italy claiming many parts of europe as its original territories this included switzerland if you believe it this included large parts of Switzerland, you know, a large parts of Switzerland, Italian is spoken. This included large parts of Switzerland and the and what used to be the Austro-Hungarian Empire. More recently, more recently, we've seen Somalians invade Ethiopia. Also, Argentinians, Argentinians going to Falklands or what they called Malvina, saying that these are our islands, This used to be our territory. In that case, again, motivation was both ethnic as well as historic and the idea of a greater Serbia and now the idea of a greater Russia. In fact, even now, Putin and his, and his followers insist that Ukraine actually is an illegitimate entity. In fact, in one of his early speeches after the war, one of his early angry speeches, Putin had said as much. He had said that these republics, these republics had came into being because he didn't exactly use these words, but he implied that these were errors made by Lenin that he allowed these republics to come up. And that's where he said Ukraine was never a state earlier. It's the same people, same language, same culture, etc., etc. How are they a separate country? That is, once again, classical irredentism, which means, jo tera hai, wo bhi mera hai, because we are one country. Now, what history tells us is, the more recent history, you can see the Somalians, you can see the Argentinians, they lost that war so badly and suffered severely because of that. We have seen what happened in Serbia. And we are seeing what's happening to Russia's economy as a result uh, result of what's happened. One, One, because of the annexation of Crimea, that's where this downturn started. And now with two years of war in Ukraine. So once again, what is the lesson? The lesson from all this is and the lesson of history is that irredentism does not serve any country, any community, any nationality well. Nationalism, hyper-nationalism, political nationalism, it's one thing to be patriotic, right? And that is the old debate about patriotism and nationalism. But nationalism which can easily cross into hypernationalism, And when you go to hypernationalism, then you say, but I used to be so great. I used to be so great and everything that I owned when I used to be so great or my country used to be so great should belong to me now. In our neighborhood, the prime example of this is China because Xi Jinping now wants to restore to China the territories it had in the Qing dynasty. Right? That is how he demands that we hand over Arunachal Pradesh to him. He demands, he demands almost all of what is called a South China Sea. He thinks it's like their provincial pond Right? and many other parts of, and, and many other island island territories here and there and also has other territorial claims. All of this comes from history. That's also the same concept. So, once again, this is not, this kind of nostalgia has not worked for anybody. That it doesn't work in modern times is shown even more starkly by the experience of Putin's Russia. You want to see evidence of that? See how that graph turns, how those lines intersect, and how then the Russian line remains way below and India keeps going up. There is no rivalry or tension between the two countries. There is no competition between the two countries, so it's not as if either or. It's not an either or situation. In fact, and in India doing well is good for Russia. Russia doing well economically is good for India. So this is not a comparison in that sense. This is just a set of facts with explanation of a theory, political theory, and also contemporary history. Contemporary history, and in fact, also going back about a hundred years or so to tell us, to underline to us how this kind of nostalgia, how this kind of hankering for what we think might have been our territory in the past and going out to take it, how damaging and how harmful and how self-destructive can it be. So the various countries, when they do this or various societies, they use their own expressions. Usually they use the word greater. So you can see greater Russia, greater Serbia or greater whatever, greater this greater this, undivided this, akhand that, etc., etc. But for any state to try and expand its territory by using military force is a self-destructive move.